you're listening to a Big Finish production, and that's what it's all about. This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date 18th of March 2018, not 2017, as I said last week. What's the matter with me? 2018, 18! 1818! Cue Nick and Benji in 2018! I'm Benji, he's Nick. And we at Big Finish Productions are the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama and audio books in this segment of the audio sphere. What is an audio sphere? I don't know, but it's in 2018, whatever it is. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Do you know, only one person noticed or, or let me know anyway. Nobody yeah, wrote into the podcast. Karen Parks, who does our a load of our interviews, who's brilliant, she wrote and said, oh, is it too late to change it? I said, yeah, it is too late. But <laughs> I said, Go, you know, I listened to this several times. You heard me say it. Ben heard it start several times when I kept playing it. My wife heard it and nobody said, did you say 2017 then? It's incredible. It's because it? we're all shocked that the fact that, that we're halfway through March already. <laughs> And it's, it's because it's freezing cold outside all the time, and, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm still stuck in last year. Well, actually, I was still stuck in about 1974, but... but <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We did let in that one way. slip. In a good way. <laughs> anyway, coming up, a guest star interview with Tim McInerney, who features in our Big Finish original, Jeremiah Born in Time. And we give you a drama tease of the latest series of The Omega Factor, chilling supernatural drama starring Louise Jameson. Yes, and naturally all our regular features will be here to tantalise you. In a moment, the news, then listeners' emails, including competitions and prizes, uh, the Randomoid Selectatron, and a roundup of the latest releases. Yes, and along the way, there'll be trailers, clips, and all manner of tomfoolery. <laughs> yes. Uh, tomfoolery is a word that makes me make that funny noise. Uh, but in the meantime, suits and bow ties on, Benji. It's time for the ruddy news. Coming very soon indeed, 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 <laughs> the third Doctor Adventures Volume 4, starring Katie Manning as Joe Grant, with Tim Trelaw as the acclaimed Third Doctor. And they'll be joined by two classic Doctor Who enemies. For the first time in a full dramatic adventure, the Third Doctor goes head-to-head with the Cybermen. Here's a clip. Activated now! Doctor... Doctor, what are they? Cybermen! Clear! Greer! The other one! Not enough! Don't let it near the container! Oh, I put shivers down me spine, that Ooh. did. Ah, all the, unnecessary. Oh. <laughs> 
And for the first time as well, the third Doctor will be going head-to-head with the meddling monk, as beautifully played by Rufus Hound. Here's a clip. You were expecting someone else? I can't decide whether to be pleased or offended. Come on, Doctor, it's lovely to see me again, admit it. I most certainly will not. He's not the master. Him? Ugh, heaven forfend. Some of us have better things to do with our time than shuffle a grudge around the universe in a suit smelling of ogrons. And he's not, well, you know, another one of you, is he? (laughs) No, he most certainly is not. You'd never strike it so lucky. Well, you never know. After all the fuss with Omega... Oh, you met Omega, did you? How lovely you do move in such prestigious circles. How is the old grump? No, my dear, I'm... An extremely irritating, irresponsible meddler. Hmm? Takes one to know one. Calls himself the monk. He doesn't, you know. Honestly, throw on a cassock a couple of times and you're typecast. Notice that in my comment about the Cybermen, I said a full dramatic adventure because, of course, the Cybermen have featured with the Third Doctor in one of our releases many, many moons ago. The Bluetooth. It was one of the first uh, Companion Chronicles. Here's a little reminder of that one. When did I first decide to leave Unit? Now there's a question. With no easy answer, I'm afraid... It's not the sort of decision one makes overnight, is it? There are always moments. You see, in some ways, I'd already decided to leave UNIT before I'd even joined it. Invisible ink? Grown men playing at soldiers? I don't think so. And then when I got there, it was even worse. Little blue men with three heads. It's hardly what I imagined I'd be doing when I graduated from... But then came the doctor. The doctor. So, I suppose the more relevant question would be, when did I first decide to leave the doctor? And why? This unit has no desire to become human. Desire is unnecessary. It is an emotion. Emotions are unnecessary and illogical. Nice little squeeze that one in there, Nick. Just yeah, to just, just, thought, yeah. just to put thou doubters to shame. Oh um, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So next up, then we jump the timelines to head further into the future with the Fifth Doctor, as played by Peter Davison, and joined by his faithful companions Tegan, Nissa, and Adric. Oh, that's out this coming week. The well, it's not even the Serpent in the Silver Mask. Here is the trailer coming soon from big finish productions ladies and gentlemen welcome to the excelsior hotel please remember that plasmic transference is prohibited at all times doctor who serpent in a silver mask what is it a space station the size of a city located on the outer edges of the kuiper belt looks a bit upmarket really it's like a tasteless person's idea of luxury My father was a powerful and wealthy man. I still recall the day when I told him I had no desire to follow in his footsteps. Oh, the shame, the shame! Leaving his sister to fend for herself. Oh, uh, hello. I I was hoping to speak to one of your guests. I'm afraid I don't speak robotish. Oh! <laughs> 
tragic turn of events. I am deeply saddened by what has occurred. Jump! And such powerful thighs. Do you enjoy physical pursuits? Well, I have bowled the odd over. I can uh, imagine. <laughs> Stop or I'll fire! We need him alive, Superintendent. Oh, just a warning shot. Why would anyone on this station have an incineration beam? They've overloaded the turbine. Now hold on to something or you will be dragged in. Big finish. We love stories. You may remember that last week gave you, we gave you a little report from the launch of the Big Finish Originals range. Uh, well, here's a bit more from that while coming up. But just in case you're not up to speed with the Big Finish Originals, here's Benji with the lowdown. Big Finish Originals is a range of seven original dramas from Big Finish. They start releasing from this April and continue until next August. The first one, At A Girl, is out soon. I'm so excited for that one. Mm-hmm. And you can download the first episode for free from the bigfinish.com site. It's the intimate story of women pilots in World War II. Uh, based on a true story as well. That, that really, mm, oh, yes. The, yes. the people you're listening to, uh, there were female Spitfire pilots in World War II. So it's, it's, it's a lovely tribute. And here's a little clip of it for you as well. There she is. She? The Spitfire is a lady. What are you waiting for, Daphne? There's the runway. Off you go. What do you mean, off you go? As you see, it is a single seat. I'm assuming you do not want me sitting on your lap. Let me help you up. I can manage. Thank you. As you wish. I can't see anything to the front. Sit on your parachute. It'll help and use the side vision panels. You'll need to weave a little down the runway to see. Two circuits and bumps, please. Oh, help. Two perfect landings. The prop's long, so don't push the stick too far forward as you take off. You don't want to fall on your nose. (laughs) All set. Tocks away! Spitfire is very special. You just need to touch her with your little finger. And she will dance with you. Oh my goodness. It's like flying without wings. <laughs> oh, stop it, Daphne. You're behaving like a schoolgirl, not an officer. Well, I got up. Now I've got to get down. She is very sensitive. Don't apply the brake too hard or you're a somersault. Don't somersault. Whatever you do, don't somersault. Turn into the wind. Haul up on your seat and pull back the hood. Come, Come in, in low. low. Come in low. Come Cut the engine over the boundary head. Cut the engine over the boundary edge. Float down on all three points. Float down on all three points. And coming up over the following months, we have Cicero, Rome, ATBC, an age of bloody civil war and dictatorship is at an end. Uh, should I have changed that to flipping civil war? I don't know. Flipping uh, civil war. <laughs> in its turbulent aftermath, an ambitious young lawyer, Marcus Tullius Cicero. Marcus Tullius 
Cicero. Every time that he makes me think of that. Marcus Tullius Cicero. Just recalling an educational nightmare for Ugh. Benji there being beaten. <laughs> uh, Cicero, anyway, is beginning to make a name for himself out of Lego. No, no, that's anachronistic. <laughs> uh, but does he have what it takes? And can this new era of peace and prosperity truly last? Starring Samuel Barnett of Dirk Gently fame. Open your eyes. Look into the flames. No, I can't. Open them. Coming soon. A Big Finish original drama. You seem a bright young man, Cicero. Rome needs bright young men. It's never too early to prepare for one's destiny. Fortune cares nothing about honour. Will and the conviction to make your mark upon the world. Those are the things that fortune respects. Happiness is the difference between living and living well. I love you, Marcus. I am in love with you. Don't you ever feel as if you're fighting a losing battle with these people? Frequently. Then the question isn't whether or not I am as Rome, but what's keeping you there? Two paths I see before you. Attica and Rome. Rome offers glory, prestige. Attica offers happiness. How could you know this? It is written on your soul. Big finish. We love stories. Marcus, what is it? What's wrong? You've killed me. You've actually killed me. Then there's Jeremiah born in time. Jeremiah born is a boy with a remarkable gift. He can travel in time, not by using a time machine or stepping through a dimensional portal. It just happens to him as though by accident. One minute he's in the present day, then the next he's a hundred years in the past, standing in the London of 1910, starring Sebastian Armesto, Sophie Thompson, Tim McInerney, our guest star this podcast, Celia Imrie, our guest star on the last podcast, Nigel Planer, some words from him coming up, Christopher Ryan, you know, he was uh, in the young ones as well along with Nigel Mike Plain, the cool person also play Sontaran as well in the Sontaran stratagem I think it was called Tim Bentick Annette Badland and Siobhan Redmond and many many others following that we have Schilling and Sixpence Investigate set in 1939 this series takes place in a sometimes quirky sometimes dark world where nobody is quite whom they seem. Oh. And then there's Blind Terror, the Gods of Frost. Following the death of her husband, Catherine Ellis becomes the new housekeeper at Hodder Hall. Keen to embark on a bright new future, only her past won't let go of her just yet, and the ghosts that stalk the village threaten to cut her future short. Seems a bit much, doesn't it? It does. Those ghosts. Inconsiderate. You don't need to do that. Hot a hall, hot a who? Hot a hall. Uh, <laughs> not too many details available for the final two series, but they're both set at Hot a hall. No, they're not. Uh, Transference and The Human Frontier. More on those in upcoming podcasts. The one is a hard hitting crime drama, and the other is a science fiction epic. Your task is to guess which is which. Difficult one, difficult one. In the meantime, then, we rejoin Nick. Hot a hall, hot a who? Hot a hall, hot a he. We rejoin Nick uh, as he was over a week ago at the Big Finish Originals launch for more thoughts and facts from the creatives involved. Nick, over to you. Over to me. To you. (laughs) 
So, Louise Jameson, here we are outside the Chenslu and by the fire escape. I know, it's such a glamorous life. If I'm going to sing anybody's praises, it has to be Helen Goldwyn, who's produced it, and she just had my back every step of the way. I would have made some horrible boo-boos. I shouldn't be telling you this as the employer. I would have made a couple of really horrible boo-boos. These things happen all the time well, to everyone. she was so. there. She was there. She scooped me up and went, ah, oh, I think you might have forgotten. I mean, she always did it in what, you know, what I call a criticism sandwich so she got you do you do it's just an amazing job and I'm learning watching from you and I just think you might have forgotten scene 27 but actually everything else is just completely wonderful and you think oh that hadn't we hadn't recorded that the nightmare of getting everybody back and you know so I I can't I couldn't be more grateful to her Hello, I'm Nigel Fares. Sherry and Six was investigating. The way we've um, a- approached it, or I've approached it, I suppose, is to put two brand new characters into that fictional world. Um, uh, one of whom is David Warner, who is a new English teacher in a girls' school in this sleepy little Cornish village, and Celia Imrie, who is the magnificent headmistress of the girls school and together they come in and they witness this bizarre world that we've developed for 22 years and solve a murder within that world and then just take us on a journey through that world so actually what you're getting is eight eight episodes that seem fairly normal seems like a run-of-the-mill murder mystery um there are little elements and you think well if you're listening (laughs) you think I wonder what that means Uh, for example there's a stone circle in the the Cornish village and the villagers are very superstitious about the stone circle well of course uh, it's got more meaning than just a stone circle Um, there are characters who disappear for an hour or two uh, and it's explained away within the drama as well. They've just gone to lie down. Well, of course they haven't gone to lie down. And anyone who's been to the murder mystery dinner theatre over the years will know that that's there's more to it than that. So, Matthew Waterhouse, here you are. And in the second season, which we're all looking forward to recording, <laughs> oh, really? and which is looking highly likely, apparently, uh, <laughs> there's more to be revealed yet. So this... And this is our composer. Oh, that's uh, Nigel Fares going mad yes, in the background. That's the writer going mad in the background, as he does. <laughs> after, after a glass of champagne, and he's completely mad in the background of anything you... <laughs> we should um, add that it's very early in the evening for this launch, and there are only, I don't know, about 10, 15 people here, something like that. It's going to get pretty raucous later. It? It's feeling that way. Yeah, as but. we celebrate. And I think uh, Helen Goldwyn is going to be singing. Helen's going to be singing, and Nigel's doing a speech, and Louise is doing a speech. It's going to be just like the Oscars except better <laughs> more people like watching. the Oscars but with better actors <laughs> he's so outrageous Matthew thank you very much so Nigel Planer here we are and you're here because of course you created Jeremiah Born in Time Jeremiah Born in Time yes do you have a favourite moment from it all a favourite bit of performance you you either worked with or overheard well, because it's a great cast our cast are amazing um I mean, I can't pick out anything. We've got Sophie Thompson, Celia Imry, Annette Badland, Chris Ryan we've got. Um, That's a little bit of a Young Ones reunion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sort of bump into Chris quite often, especially on the audio circuit. Um, And we... uh, 
But my favourite performance time, I think, was Tim McInerney, who said, no, I won't wear those earphones. No, I'm not going to do it like this. I'm going to do it like that. And we thought, <laughs> oh, dear, here we go. And once he started uh, to do the part, it was like, you know, as a writer, I admired it. And I, you know, I thought, blimey, I, I wrote that character, but he's taken it into another... And, you know, he's taken it into a, another stratosphere. And uh, as an actor, I could just sit back and think, oh, my goodness, I couldn't have done that. Good. Look at that. He just sort of took it, and he was thinking of little extra... Why don't I put a grunt in here? Because it would just show that I disapprove of that that's happened and everything. And it was a master class, really. Tim McInerney that day was a master class in how to do comedy acting. And I, I was... I was so excited I came back that night, you know, and that's, and that's up against Sophie Thompson and, and the rest of the cast. Mm. I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. Sebastian Amesto, who was brilliant. Um, oh, can you remember anybody from it? Because I don't want to forget anyone's names now that I'm spouting names. Siobhan Redmond. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I, was, I was doing another Tim production. Benting. I'm sorry to interrupt. Tim Benting yeah, yeah. as well. He was here much earlier this oh, evening. Oh, was he? Yeah, yes. Amazing performances we had, just as- astonishing. But for me, the watching Tim McInerney play, he plays um, Roger Alcott Standish, who is um, um, a very grand uh, man in 1910, who like, who's a bit of a naturist, a bit of a nudist, <laughs> who likes walking around with no clothes on. Um, and thinks his, his uh, staff, his servants, should sort of share his meals with him and, and he thinks he's terribly modern. And, of course, the staff don't really like uh, taking. taking their... their uh, no, they don't have to take their clothes off, but they don't like taking tea with him because no. he's quite an embarrassment. <laughs> and uh, I'm already... the killer doors here, isn't it? I'm already working on the stories for a second load of stories, if it goes well, I hope, yeah. uh, where we would go back to a different era, still in London... I'm getting the hint for a second yes, series, yes. is what you're that's saying. That's not a hint, that's a direct request. <laughs> Just make a note of that. Thank you, Nigel. And that's all from the Big Finish News Desk this week, except to say that I am officially a guest at Big Finish Day at the Quad in Derby this November, the 3rd of November, in fact. The headline guests are Sylvester McCoy and Louise Jameson. Other guests to be announced soon. Hurry, hurry, to book your tickets now. Very exciting times. And as for the news, it's... Oh. What? I think it's gone. <gasps> what? I think it's... It's only gone and slipped through a time thing with no machines or <laughs> it. It's just gone back in time to 1910. Ah! Ah. What if it's in Hodder Hall? Maybe it Hodder is in Hodder Hall. Hodder who? Hodder ha. Hodder ha. But all we know is the news is no more, but it will be back, I'm sure, next week. I hope so. Anyway, otherwise we'll just have to insert a, a long series of silence in its place. Value for money. Uh, don't forget our guest star interview with Tim McInerney, courtesy of our intrepid reporter Karen Parks, is coming up soon. Good interview. For, but first, f- f- hold on, just drop my teeth on the floor. <laughs> it's listeners' emails. 
Through the annals of time, my love for emails has been well documented. Yes, yes, yes. But it's probably worth mentioning again, I love them. And you can join in simply by emailing us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's right, they're words, right? You write them down and and they take you, they take your, your other words off to a magical place. So remember that's podcast, podcast at bigfinish.com. Oh. And he said dot cake. Uh, <laughs> dot cake. If dot you're cake. Peckish, and yes. eat it. Uh, which many of you do. I'm very glad to say do send it to. So please remember that it's podcast at bigfinish.com. Nice. So let's catch up with the emails that we've been, uh, that been coming in over the last few weeks. First up, then, this one here is one of our favourites from Brittany Shalosky. Very talented, Brittany. Uh, uh, she does lots of lovely theatre stuff and cosplays and all sorts. Uh, and she writes to us from the University of Michigan. Hello, Nick and Benji. First off, ooh, I'd like to disagree with John's point in the last episode on making the podcast shorter. The problem is that he said that he'd miss less of it, but if it's shorter then wouldn't everyone be missing out on more because it's been cut down? So it's it's mathematic, mathematically... Ma- math, um, math, 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 The Siege of Mather King. <laughs> it, it's undeniable logic there, Brittany. Uh, I understand uh, needing to catch up, and that's currently what I'm doing myself, but having the extra hours of the podcast is great company whilst working. Ah, oh, we're, we we're, we're glad to be there with you, Brittany. Absolutely. Perhaps we should just insert things. Keep going. Maybe, yeah. maybe. A, Come on, buck up. Buck up. Go on. You can An do encouraging it. Encouraging. Buck up. Or, buck up. Buck up. Go on. Buck up. Um, so, uh, Brittany continues here. In your Blake Ritson and Sherlock Holmes episode, you ask what the difference between a toboggan and a sledge is. Yes, mm. I remember this. I don't remember hearing an answer in the last podcast, but I believe the difference, according to Google, is that a toboggan has no runners or skis, and the front of it curves up and backwards. Okay, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. The traditional looking toboggan. Toboggan. Um, there we go. So thanks for your t- tobogganing there. Uh, I love that word. Toboggan. Toboggan. We go toboggan. toboggan. <laughs> yes. It is a small village on the outskirts of Toboggan. Toboggan. In the is mountains of Toboggan. Over the, the Tobotnik Road. I think near it's at Hodder Hall, isn't it? Just down the near road from Hodder, Hodder Hall. Hall. Hodder Hall. Hodder Hall. Hodder uh, <laughs> Brittany says here, here's a related fun fact for you. I recently learned what the difference between a coffin and a casket is. Well, I like questions like this, or rather facts <laughs> like this. A coffin is the traditional hexagonal shape that tapers at the, e- at the head and the foot, whereas a casket is the rectangular one. Oh! That actually is very cool. I like, I like that a lot. I prefer the traditional shape of a, a coffin, personally. I think it's got a more, I don't know, sort of quint- quintessential... Coffin, really, isn't it? Quintessential <laughs> thing that you die in. Well, you don't die in it, but never mind. It's getting, getting well, too technical. Got, na- yeah. Well, if you're a vampire, maybe. Maybe if you're a vampire, you sleep in it. Um, probably quite uncomfortable. It's all true, isn't it? That, this all goes on in Hodder Hall. It all does, indeed. Hodder Hall is... <laughs> Hodder Hall? Hodder who? Hodder hey. Uh, it seems that every time one of these legendary Big Finish lunches comes up, I'm always listening to the podcast whilst hungry. With the way that they constantly get brought up and raved about, I feel like they've risen to a mythical status in my head. Have you ever thought about releasing a Big Finish cookbook? Or even better, a Big Finish cookbook on audio? 
Would that end in fun or disaster? Regards, Brittany. Uh, then Brittany adds, Hello again. I've realised after some sleep that my coffin and casket comment in my previous email seems a bit weird and out of context. But I'd like to clarify that I work in a prop shop where I, am, I recently learned this information due to one of our current productions. Uh-huh. I'm not a vampire or anything like that. Or anything interesting one... like that, she says, which I think is really funny. I'm not a vampire or anything interesting like I'm that. Just, just normal, <laughs> just a normal person, run of the mill. Uh, though I wonder which one that they prefer to sleep in. We She's just did, we just riffed that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, by the way, I loved it when she told us that information. Uh, something you missed out. She said, that, um, so if you didn't know, now you do. Use that information as you will. <laughs> well, uh, Brittany, I intend to bring it up in every conversation. What do you think about a cookbook? I'd love Benji. it. I'd, I'd, well, a cookbook's great. Toby could write it. And yeah. that would well, be he great fun. He's too modest. He goes, oh, every time people compliment Toby... Uh, uh, Toby Robinson at the uh, Moat Studios on his wonderful food. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't know, I don't know, I just do it, I just do it, I just do it. I will try and interview him for the podcast. It won't work because he won't be interviewed. <laughs> I've tried to interview him before and he goes, well, I, 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 don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, really. I don't want to get, a, get a little sound bite of just something on the lunches. But maybe, but maybe we could... Um, Maybe we could do a little fun thing. Maybe get a few people at Big Finish to just kind of put out their their favourite recipes or recipes that they they knock up every now and again. Mm. Could be something to do in audio form. Would be funny, but then equally, actually make them and record it. That could be quite funny and maybe slightly dangerous again. But but could be funny. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake! I've got batter over the microphone. What did you have for lunch? Because this is we're recording this after lunch. Oh yeah, I had a a tuna, rice, and a a sort of rocket salad thing going Mm -hmm. on there, all mixed together to create a wonderful. Did you have boiled rice? Oh, you did. Oh, sorry, you said the word rice. What's the matter with me? Am I not paying attention? Yeah, I just had rice. Yeah, it's all right actually. Yeah, I had um, uh, rice cakes with goat's cheese and some rocket. A packet of hula hoops. Oh, I like a hula hoop. Which are slightly lower um, fat um, uh, option if you fancy crisps. They're not. They're still obviously unhealthy, but do you not put them on your fingers and then? I don't. I cram them in my mouth as far as as fast as possible, and some uh, little cherry tomatoes. Oh, rather nice. And all that had been prepared for me by my wife. As I went back into the house and said, "Sorry, I'm late for lunch." And she just put it and a and a Heinz tomato cuppa soup. Oh, rather nice. It sounds like you've you've got it you've got it sorted there, Nick. You've that got is it my sorted. lunch of choice when I'm at home. Is it a comforting lunch or a nice lunch? Yeah. What? How do you? What's, the, what's nice and comforting? Yeah, there we I have feel, it. Yeah, but also not too filling. So I probably will have a meal this evening. Like yesterday, we, uh, Steph and I went out to a restaurant, and I had some cottage pie, and carrots, and 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 also a soup to start. So I didn't eat anything in the evening. I think I think I had a, an orange. I also mm-hmm. ate a slice of lemon for the l- lemons for leukemia challenge. Oh, that was great! Yeah, the whole thing as well. Yeah, well, the whole slice. The I mean, whole I slice. I could easily eat a whole lemon. It's one of my special skills. But I think my stomach would probably, at my age, my stomach would probably suffer later, even though it's perfectly possible for me to just eat. And, and lime as well. I can 
Lime's nice. I like, and I, I like a good lime. For, for any of you who didn't see the clip, I... Um, it was impressive. I, I ate the skin and the pith and everything. I just put it in my mouth and... Bob's and your in uncle. the background, you can hear my son chortling away, can't you? You can. Why, you know, but he likes them as well, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. He like doesn't. That. I thought you said that you both can eat them. Or maybe I imagine that. No, I don't think so, no. He can barely eat anything. He's so fussy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He won't eat orange. He eats apple. Apple's nice. Bananas yeah. are lovely. No, he went off bananas when he was about three and it's not gone back. Bananas on, are great. I'll tell you well, what, I'm actually, uh, I'm, tomorrow I'm going to a, a 60s themed murder mystery. Of course um, you are, I've seen the is, costume. You've seen the costume, it's my, my Michael Caine uh, costume going on there, it's sort of, didn't plan it, it turned out like that. Um, but um, not a lot of people know that, um, but the food there is going to be 60s themed, so we've got a wonderful oh. cheese hedgehog. <laughs> which is going to be consumed, which I'm sort of, I'm sort of semi looking forward to because I like the idea of it, but it sounds awful at the same time. It's cheese on um, sticks, isn't it? It's like cheese on sticks made into a sort of hedgehog thing. Yeah. I, th- I think, or it might be the awful other one, which is like, it's like sticks of something stuck in a thing with a, a wet cheese over the top. I can't remember. Oh, that, wet cheese. That, yeah, that doesn't sound. That's not a nice couple of words. You it's, wanna... not, it's not a nice, is it? Really, um, reminds me of a great. Here we see in the wild the cheese hedgehog snuffling around in the garden. <laughs> reminds me of a, I think it's a song by a band, a prog rock band called Gong, called Wet Cheese Delirium. Well, yeah, that sort of sums it all up, doesn't it? But yeah, I think we've got that. We've got a prawn cocktail on the go. Oh another my 60s classic. I haven't had one of those for years. Um, and we've got for the main I, th- I think we're going for because there's going to be nine of us there so yeah. we can't really do too many like crazy fussy things because we've got to somehow eat whilst doing a murder mystery so yeah. we're also going for an old school like you know the curry where you have like the circle of rice around oh, the yeah. edge and then like the, that sort of swan vesta style curry in the middle oh yeah so real, that was real, the only curry we had in the 60s real old school sort it's of swan vesta is it, well, swan, swan Vesta's are, 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 are they matches? matches. Yeah. What am I but I know of? what you mean. Oh, Vesta God, curry. It's just Vesta, it isn't Vesta, it? Yeah, not Vesta, yeah. Vesta. Swan, swan Vesta. <laughs> yeah, we eat these matches. And I think for dessert, we've got um, the classic. Uh, we've got for dessert, we've got Black Forest Gatto. Of course. Or Gatox, we, as I like Gatox. to call it. We didn't have any of that stuff in the 60s in our family. We were dead poor. I can't remember what we... We, we just ate sort of mashed potatoes. Smash. Smash. I think that wasn't until the 70s, was it? Yeah, I think it was oh, the 70s. Mash, get yeah, it's smash. Yeah, it, was all, it was all mashed potatoes, sausages, and yeah. Anyway, next up, this one from Nigel Forrester. Messieurs uh, Clifford plus Briggs, a very good afternoon to you. How right you are. Good it is afternoon. the afternoon. Um, a few podcasts ago, a caterpillar incident was mentioned. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. You're not alone, Benji. I too received a wiggling extra in my bag of crossed out Waitrose Essential. Obviously, <laughs> don't want to get into trouble. Salad a couple of years ago. Um, if you're currently experiencing a bag of salad phobia, I like bag of salad phobia, give it time. I can now munch on a mixed leaf salad with just a cursory glance. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say, give it time, you'll get used to the caterpillars. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Nice <laughs> and juicy. Um, but yes, what he means is you'll get over the phobia. So yeah, I'm I'd over sti- it now. I find it difficult to go to switch the light off at bedtime without just checking to see if there are any spiders about. Yeah, just have there's... to have a little look, 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 look around. A little look. 
And my wife looks at me like, what's the matter with you? You exercising your neck or something? I could be here. I heard a creeping in the north wing. <laughs> north wing. <laughs> I was very grateful, by the way, when I did the lemon video that uh, the uh, iPhone has a natural wide angle lens so that my house didn't look as pokey as it actually is and so on really cozy yeah well people said oh nice house and i thought well i said yes small but perfectly formed anyway <laughs> uh says nigel sorry looking for your name nigel my question is regarding the monthly main range how and who by are the following things decided how and who and hot a hall hot a who for example, forthcoming release 254, August 2019. Goodness me, what's that? Hold on, well, I've got to look that up. <laughs> I just went to look myself and just typed in Amazon out of habit. <laughs> that tells us a lot about you. It does, doesn't it? It says you spend a lot of money. A lot right. of money on rubbish. What was the release date? 254. Goodness me, it's a long way off, isn't it? 254, was it? Have you, are you looking at the Oh, screen? it's just a TBA. Well, how do I know? It's TBA. I can't tell you anything about that. I think what he means is, like, how do they get decided, maybe? Overall story outline, setting monster, etc. Which doctor, writer, cover artist and sound designer? How does it get decided? Yeah. Well, that is a decision that is reached between the script editor of the range and the producer of the range and me. Um, and usually the stories come from the script editor. Uh, the the script editor for the uh, Doctor Who the Monthly Adventures is Alan Barnes, although his last release, I think, is coming out in early 2019. He's, he's resigning from the role, and uh, three new script editors will be working on the various different Doctors. So... That that produces an interesting um, new development, which is, of course, we all we're all going to have to get together in a few weeks' time to make sure that none of our stories replicate what the others are doing in other stories. Whereas, of course, when Alan was across it all, he didn't have that problem because he just had to ask himself that question. So that's how the story like story outlines come up with uh, the doctors. We set in advance which doctors are going to be released at different times of years. At the moment, we do them in blocks of three, little trilogies. But um, we're going to be breaking that. Uh, sometime next year I imagine yeah just to give a little bit more variety so people don't have to wait so long for their favorite doctors or companions to come up see how that goes down the writer again the script editor and the producer have uh, a discussion about that about you know which you know oh there's this writer I rather like and and so and so has pitched me this idea it's all that kind of thing the cover artist again the producer allocates that based on how busy people are yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, and so they think, oh, we'd love so and so to do it. Oh, but, oh, he's busy at the moment. And, you know, so it works out nicely like that. And then the, the cover artist produces a rough of what they're going to do. We send them the script and they read it and they say, oh, well, what it's saying to me is this. I think that there should be a huge balloon and uh, a small caterpillar climbing up the doctor's left nostril. <laughs> the sound designer, that all comes about, about availability, really. Pretty Sometimes much the, same, the director it, really? or the producer will prefer. That will think that a particular sound designer or composer is is um, very uh, appropriate for a particular kind of release, um, and say, "Oh no, but so and so is better at that kind of stuff." And you know, but again, it comes down to availability. They're very much in demand, which is why we're always asking people to send in auditions. We've had some great auditions recently, actually, and uh, managed to recruit some more sound designers. 
Also, last week, says Nigel, a listener asked for more Scorchies. Yes, please. It's one of my favourite Big Finish releases. Great songs. And would Melvin Hayes be available for a Scorchies too? I thank ye. I thank ye, Big Finish, for keeping me smiling. Aye, boy. Aye. Mayhap. Uh, Nigel. Yes. So there we are. Mayhap. Yes. Um, I don't know about the Scorchies. Uh, I don't know whether Melvin would want to come back or not. And, and you can have too much of a good thing, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, then this next one is from Adam Graham. To Nick and Benji, who I gather won't be adapting any more Doctor Who novels, <laughs> except perhaps as an instrumental Kazoo's symphonies. Jay. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'd happily release a whole range of Kazoo interpretive releases. I think the J is, in fact, a winky smile that somehow has transferred. I notice all my emails from Jason Hay Ellery always have this j everywhere and i'd assumed for a while that it was just him sort of putting his initial but i think it's it's how the smile emoji comes out oh. once transferred from his email system anyway perhaps perhaps it's meant to be an umbrella but the top of it's vanished and it's just i the think handle. that's most likely the explanation yeah, i think so it's the kind of thing they do in hodder hall hodder who hodder hall hodder hey <laughs> Gabba gabba hey. Um, I've been enjoying Big Finish's output in 2018 and a few quick compliments and a question. Oh, okay. The third, the third series of the Diaries or River Song was the best release yet. Uh, and I feel like Alex Kingston is just hitting her stride on audio and I think the series is just going to get better. I have to admit that I was very uncertain about the first Doctor Adventures, mainly because I really like and enjoy the original team, and wondering if this was actually worth listening to. I was pleased to find that both stories in the release were great, and that this alternative uh, take on, or alternate take rather, on the first Doctor team really came together in a lovely way. Uh, I'm a bit behind on the main slash monthly range, but I listened to the Shield of the Jotun uh, oh, and nice. and thought the American accents were really good. Then I listened to the extras and found out that you actually hired American actors for these roles. Uh, that was a nice touch and really appreciated, uh, as it shows a great deal of effort and respect for your American audience. Finally, I finished Vienna Retribution. It's a fine production. What impressed me is how much she changed. If you compare her character in Shadowheart, uh, Doctor Who release, uh, or even The Memory Box, which is the first solo release, uh, it's almost like two different characters. Mm. However, uh, she's actually gone through a process of change and growth to become a better person over the course of these adventures. Yeah, yeah. It's very brave to take a character on that sort of journey, and I applaud that. Uh, I did wonder if you'd ever consider bringing Vienna back in contact with the Doctor, uh, probably the 7th or 8th. Uh, doubtless, uh, he'd be surprised given that the last time they met, she was very ruthless. Uh, maybe you could even do a Jexy and Vienna trilogy with the 7th Doctor. Uh, this might get some monthly slash main range listeners into Vienna. Pardon if you're offended at the suggestion of such base commercial motives, Jay. Uh, anyways, keep up the good work, Adam Graham. Boyce. Boise. Uh, Boise, great. Only fools and horses. Idaho. There we go. Boise. Bam! All right, there, Del Boy. Um. Well, no, we're not above such base commercial motives, and I would never rule that out. It's not in our plans at the moment. And I think you're right that Chase has done an awful lot to develop 
of the character Chase Masterson, who plays the part. Absolutely brilliant. Really privileged to have her on board. And finally, this one from Darren Purdy, entitled Jack and Apery! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Dear Bick and Nenji of Benji and Nick show fame. Oh, just yeah. referring to our other podcast from nicholasbriggs.com, uh, where we're going on about the, the Doctor Who and the Daleks films from the 60s this week. Oh, so great fun. Go and have great a look. Go and, go and subscribe to that while you're at it. Anyway, well, what can I say, says Darren? What, I hear you ask. What indeed, I reply. I can see how this email's going to go, Darren. Anyway, the, the serious stuff now. Uh, 2017 was a pretty lousy year for me, but let's not dwell, as I'm not writing to bring down the tone. Uh, quite the opposite, in fact. But I had to mention it, as it resulted in me not having much opportunity to listen to my big finished purchases. But 2017 has gone, much like the news from earlier and the, and the listeners' <laughs> emails shortly afterwards. Here we are in 2018, and oh my word, phenomenal. Whether it was The Prisoner, The Worlds of Doctor Who, Unit, The Diary of Mole Flanders. I see what you did there, yeah. little River Song joke. I mean River Song. Or the H.G. Wells masterpieces, not to mention the Eighth Doctor ongoing adventures. It was all phenomenal. I began my Big Finish journey, which could be Nick's follow-up to My Big Finish Life, <laughs> which yeah. I must do part two on. But Darren continues to uh, take place solely on the trains to and fro. No? Suit yourselves. Uh, in all honesty, it was to appease my appetite for Dr. H that I first came to Big Finish. But through the quality of the productions, the customer service and the breadth of range, I was soon sucked in and I have loved every single adventure I've encountered. That's really nice you say that, particularly the customer service thing, because we're a very small company and I know our team in the warehouse work really, really hard. Um, yeah, and they do a fantastic job. Just uh, was chatting on email today with uh, Cheryl in the um, warehouse who's sending out a competition Ooh. winner prize anyway but we won't talk about that just yet we've not got there he said i'm about to embark on the entire run of the tortured releases as i haven't yet listened to a single one and have them all well done darren but my joy of binge listening will be reaching new heights i'm sure plus more to come soon mercifully with the death of captain jack kicking us off can't wait so why am i emailing in Basically, to say thanks for everything you do so tirelessly and so brilliantly in front and behind the mics. You love stories, and we love you telling them. What a how beautifully put. As a closing comment, bog off! No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Toboggan! Toboggan. Hold off. There's a, there's a lot of love out there for your sapphire and steel range. Don't leave them trapped in... Oh, well, I won't spoil it for the others. But I hope there's a market for more. Well, we don't have the rights for it anymore, so there's a whole issue there. Thanks and thanks and thrice thanks as you uh, carry on, kindest rhubarbs, Darren. <laughs> Sent from my overactive thumbs. Oh, well, thank lovely you, Darren. Email. Really nice. Thanks, mate. I'm glad you're enjoying all the, uh, the big finish releases so far. Uh, and now then, it's time for the latest competition news. <laughs> love that music. Oh, Joe Lidster. Don't you just love it? <laughs> don't you love it, Joe? No, I don't. he's got no sense of humour about it. He just hates it. Uh, we were running a Blake 7 Crossfire competition. The prize was all three parts of Blake 7 Crossfire. The question was Stephen Pacey, uh, about Stephen Pacey, who stars as Del Tarrant in the series. He also appeared in a Big Finish 8th Doctor story. What was the title of that story? Clue, it was quite musical. Benji? And the answer was... The Zygon Who Fell to Earth. 
And here's a little reminder of that one for you. The Zygon Who Fell to Earth by Paul Marr. Oh, look at this place. Fizzy water, linen tablecloths, cut crystal. I thought you said Auntie Pat didn't amount to much. I'm just as amazed as you. It is marvellous to see you again. Hideous fetus like warlords from the deepest, murkiest fathoms of space. Doctor. They're called the Zygons. Very distinguished music industry people. Music industry? Oh my god! And here's the winner, randomly selected. It's. Sorry. It's, um, it's Hodder Hall. Hodder who? Hodder Hall. It's Ian T. Flockhart. And he says, Dear Nick and Benji, the eighth Doctor adventure that Stephen Pacey appears in as Trevor, which we nearly called this story Trevor of the Zygons. <laughs> brilliant suggestion by Paul Mars. Really made me laugh. I mean, you know, what was the other fantastic title he came up? The horror that uh, came up with the, the horror of glam rock. He's brought a lot of joy into my life. Anyway, yes, the answer is the Zygon who fell to Earth. Uh, looking at the episode notes, I was a little surprised to realise that he hadn't also appeared in Death and Blackpool. Yeah, which is um, a follow-up, I think. But of course, that was just me getting caught up in the story. The character continues, but the voices that continue are not the Trevor voice. Yes. At any rate, you'd have to listen to Death in Blackpool and um, the Zygon who fell to Earth to understand that. It's all part of the Eighth Doctor and Lucy adventures. At any rate, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole Auntie Pat story arc. Thanks for the reminder. I should be lucky enough, if I should be lucky enough to win, and then he gives his address. Best regards, Ian. Ian, you will be receiving your prize uh, when the final part of Crossfire is released in April. So look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, all three parts of Crossfire have been added to your download account with us. So thanks for that one. And thanks yeah. for everybody who entered as well. Uh, awesome. And who knows, maybe next time could be you. It's well, you. Because well, we've got a time for another competition now. Um, by the way, uh, Ian, your um, parts one and two of Crossfire have been added to your account. Part three hasn't because it's not out yet. But it will. It will go in. It's in your account as a pre-order and it will go in automatically. Right. Now, our new competition. The prize will be the Third Doctor Adventures, volume four, out this week. The question is as follows. Good luck with this one. John Pertwee recorded a voice for a radio broadcast which featured in one of his TV Doctor Who episodes. This voice was cut from the UK broadcast Masters, but was left in some of the video masters sent abroad overseas for this broadcast. Name the third Doctor TV story in which this happened. This is a good question, isn't it? Oh, blimey. Answers uh, in an email to podcast at bigfinish.com with the subject line Noodle Doodle Man. <laughs> Great. The closing date for this one is the 30th of March in the space year, not 2017, but 2018. But don't say, but do you know the answer? I don't. I actually don't. Wow. I don't know the well, answer. Maybe this to is this too one. difficult. 
It's really obvious to me. Anyway, good luck to you all. And that's it. That's the end of the uh, email segment for this podcast. So without further ado, I'm actually going to send... Um, not, I'm going to eliminate the emails from the UK release of this podcast. I'm going to send them uh, only to some, some copies of it abroad, I think, <laughs> overseas, which will be found in about 25, 30 years' time in a canister somewhere. So there we go. Emails. So now, time for our guest star interview. Last autumn, the intrepid Karen Parks attended the recording of the Big Finish original Jeremiah Born in Time and chatted to one of its stars, Tim McInerney. I mean, you must remember Tim McInerney from um, Blackadder, for example. He was also in that Doctor Who story with Catherine Tate and David Tennant and the Oods. Was in that? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah, that one. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just done everything. He's star of stage, screen, and Big Finish. My name is Tim McInerney, and I'm playing Roger Alcott Standish. So have you been enjoying yourself today? I've had a fabulous time today. It's been such fun. My day has been kind of mad. Um, Really, really good fun. Quite hard work, uh, because the characters are very extreme. Um, But it's been very, very funny. I'm working with marvellous people, working with... uh, Nigel Planer, who's wrote it and is also in it, and Sophie Thompson playing my sister. These are uh, these are comic masters, you know, and it's and it's such good fun to to meet up and work again. How has your summer been? Um, my summer has been quite quiet, actually, but that's I have to admit that's partly been out of choice because um, I have been working a great deal for the last. Um, for kind of the last three years with hardly stopping. So I did need a break, to be honest. Um, you shouldn't really say that to other actors because they're liable to hit you quite rightly too. Um, You're on Game of Thrones, you can't complain. Yeah, I've got Game of Thrones, yeah, exactly. Yes, I, I always knew there was going to be stuff in the uh, in the aut- in the autumn. So I've got, there's a probably a second series of Harlots, which I did for ITV last year, and then Game of Thrones. And um, the, I mean, I'm, I am waiting to hear about four or five jobs, so I can't complain, really. Anything coming up that you're looking forward to that isn't work-related? Trips? Um, well, I'm hoping... I mean, the, the problem is, is that, is that uh, my partner, Annie, is a, is, a, is a designer, and she's always working when I'm not working and I'm working when she's not working. And it's very different, difficult to coordinate holidays it's a real problem and it always has to be kind of last minute so we are hoping to get away in the next two weeks but uh, it's going to be some last minute thing on some greek island or something i hope we've already been on holiday once this year but it's it would be nice to get away for a length of time rather than a week it tends to be a week and that's you're just about relaxed by the time you have to come back but um um there's there's nothing, anything else unwork related. I mean, we're always we're always doing stuff. Really, we're always you you get invited to an awful lot of stuff. So you have to uh, you have to be careful what you say yes to. Otherwise, I'd be having you know probably liver transplants all the time. But um, <laughs> and the last the I mean the last big job I did was um, was very hard work. It was a wonderful job, which was um, Mike Lee's new film. Peter Lou, uh, and that was fantastic. I'd known Mike, I'd known Mike for 
years, but we never actually worked together. So it was always a bit of a risk. You could end a beautiful friendship, you know. But um, luckily, it seemed to go all right. <laughs> I hope he was happy anyway. With such a busy work schedule, have you had any time to consume recent media and television? And is there anything that you oh, would God, recommend? Yeah. Theater? Um, theater, well, I, um, I think the things I've seen recently, I've seen because I've just caught them before they finished, you know, so, uh, so, um, I can't, well, I mean, I can recommend it because, uh, Andrew Scott's Hamlet was, was fantastic. Uh, he was, he was brilliant and it was a terrific production. Um, I went to see, um, Queen Anne, uh, the, the play with Romola Garay and Emma Cuniff last night. And that's a wonderful piece of writing and they're brilliant in it as a, several other people um that's definitely worth seeing um i also i caught half a sixpence before it closed that was fun <laughs> normally i'm quite a lot of the time you go i go and see plays because friends are in it basically uh so that's always well it's not always fun of course you know if you don't like the production, then it, then it can be a bit strained you socially start, afterwards. The second act, you start trying to think of what nice thing you're yeah, going exactly. to say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or how you fell ill in the interval and had to go home. Yes, exactly. On t I mean, on TV, uh, things I recommend on TV, I do watch probably too much television, to be honest. Oh. Um, but I am, a f I am quite a fan of all that, that uh, dark, scary, Victorian, Gothic, noir stuff that's that's on both sides of the Atlantic, actually. Um, I think it's a, it's a great shame that, um, that Ripper Street is now finished. I think that's one of the best written uh, TV dramas of the last 10 years. I thought it was an extraordinary piece of work and everybody in it was brilliant. Uh, and, you know, Peaky Blinders, all that kind of stuff. I love it. I love all that stuff. But it has to be, it comes down to the writing, you know. I mean, always. If the writing isn't any good, then... Uh, you can't act well in something that's badly written. Uh, do you tend to just watch fiction on TV, or do you occasionally drift into things like Great British Bake Off or Top Gear? No, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It's not something I'm interested in at all. I mean, I watch um, a good documentary, but but as a, as a member of... Um, BAFTA, I tend to watch all the, the, the new, well, the new fiction films and the new documentaries, etc. when they when they come on at BAFTA for, you know, for judging purposes. Yeah. I'm a BAFTA member as well, and you right. get inundated by the films. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But it's good, because it gets you out to see things that maybe you wouldn't have seen Yeah, oh, exactly, absolutely, yeah. Has there been anything recently that you just sort of stumbled upon and thought, oh, this is, this is quite remarkable, I, I, you know, something that maybe you wouldn't have watched otherwise, or... I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there is something I've stumbled upon that took me by surprise, but I can't now think of what it might be. Um, I mean, I, I'm always really pleased. I mean, one of the things I like about being a member of BAFTA is seeing um, films in a foreign language, you know, uh, which I vote. For, which I mean, I'm in the voting thing for that. So, and then you think uh, that's not necessarily something you would choose to go and see in a regular cinema, you know. Uh, One of the films I was most impressed with last year, which I think is um, still on, is a film called uh, Under the Shadow, mm -hmm. which is an Iranian film that is uh, the most extraordinary combination of um, 
modern uh, politics and horror at this, in the same film and beautifully blended. It's so clever. It's so clever and genuinely frightening. Yeah, not necessarily two things you'd think go together. No, absolutely. No. When I've done other interviews with actors, one of my questions is, you know, are you a Game of Thrones watcher or are you not? And I can't really ask you that because you're in it. Um, <laughs> but I can ask you if being in it um, sort of ruins the fact that there's this big social phenomenon going on that you don't get to enjoy the same way as everyone else because you, you know what's going on. Well, well, kind of. But I mean, even if even when you're in it, it's still impossible to hold all the strands together in your head. You know, and also when you're when you're when you're actually doing it, you still only know a quarter of the story, you know. So I actually when I come to watch it, I still only know what's been happening where I've been filming. I don't know what's going on, what's been going on everywhere else. Okay. So there's a lot of catching up to be done. Um, but it's it's not quite the same now as as well, you know, because people have kind of people have kind of parties, and I've been I've done that as well, you know. I mean, go around to people's houses and watch it with a dozen of you, you know. But it's a bit weird when you're in it. <laughs> people either laugh or or applaud or mock you in some way, and they're close friends. But uh, but it was weird. I mean, getting the job in the first place was rather strange because because I had watched it from day one. So I was a fan. So it was like winning a prize. <laughs> you soon got over that, though, in the rain and cold of Northern Ireland, I can tell you. What's the latest thing you have binge-watched? Um, oh, that's a good question. I tend not to do it because, I mean, I'll, I mean, I could watch two or three at a time. That counts. But, that yeah, counts. okay. But I wouldn't watch, you know, I wouldn't watch 20 episodes over a weekend. I don't... Um, that's not my idea of fun. Um, um, well, I tend to hoard up Game of Thrones, actually, and watch two or three at a time. Uh, and also, there are things, you see, I mean, like I was saying about River Street, I mean, I keep, um, I keep holding things back because I actually don't want it to end. Because um. this is, I think, the last series of River Street, so... So I've been holding on to the last episode for, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have to watch it. Um, uh, have you seen any of Orphan Black? No. No. That sounds good. Ooh, you might want to give Orphan Black a try. That was on BBC America at the same time as oh, Wall Street. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I've been told to watch Stranger Things. And Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. See, this is the problem now, is that all was, this stuff piles up. Yeah. Exactly. So what do you do? Yeah. You either decide you're going to watch it and stick with it or say, I'll do this when I'm 80. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, quite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what was the, uh, what was the last thing that I, that I piled up? Um, oh, I did. I tell you, it was kind of weird was that when uh, this, this is old stuff now, but when The Night Of first came out uh, and I watched half of the first episode and thought, no, this isn't for me. But I had actually, you know, I, I, I put it on for recording the whole series and then and forgot that I'd done that. So a few months later, I realized it was still in the, you know, in the library, as it were, in the TV. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a try. I just couldn't stop watching it. I thought that was sensational, actually. Are are you someone? Um, this is a complete, uh, totally off that topic question. But um, 
in terms of tech, are you watching this stuff on the latest tech on your phone, on your whatever, or are you no. not a... No. no. I don't like watching things that are made for a big screen. I don't want to watch on a small screen. No. I mean, particularly movies. I think that's wrong <laughs> to watch it on a on a mobile, it's, on, a, on a cell phone. It's kind of... Oh, no. Those people should be put in prison. I'm sorry. Are you someone who adopts the latest bit of tech? Like, are you going to be first in line for the iPhone 8, or could you kill us? No, I couldn't kill us. I mean, I, I mean, I like, I have, I keep up to date with, you know, I, I, I trade in so that for the latest, you know. So I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an iPhone guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Android guy. So, oh. so it would be a Samsung or whatever for me. But um, and my t the the the. My TV is is kind of, you know, a fifty-inch curved screen thing, which nice. I don't even understand half of what it does. It could go and it could get up and walk in, in the kitchen and make the tea, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know. <laughs> That's what we But it want. wouldn't be anything to do with me. <laughs> it would be making its own mind up about that. So my final question is going to be: with such a varied career, ranging from Blackadder to Game of Thrones to 101 Dalmatians to <laughs> Kate Bush music videos. <laughs> What's been the most challenging part that you've ever tackled? Or uh, is that yet to come? Do you think there's always one more? Well, I hope so. I mean, I hope everything... I mean, I, I, get, I get very bored if, if things are easy. Uh, I like things to be difficult. I like, I like to go into work being a little bit scared. You know, excited, but also a little bit scared. Can I do this? Can I can I push it that far? Is that, is, you know, I mean, I I mean, if if my life isn't like that, then I might as well do something else. Really, I feel. Uh, in terms of what is most difficult, I think I think that the the one of the last TVs I did, National Treasure, which which was which was a phenomenal piece of writing and direction, and had an amazing cast. That was. That was hard, and I, I kind of relish that. I love that. It's that's 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 what I like to do. Uh, and uh, I mean, apart from things like that, then, in my opinion, the hardest stuff is always in the theatre, which I haven't been. I haven't been on stage for five years, so uh, it'd be nice to do a play again. But and I was saying about Andrew Scott's Hamlet the other night. There's nothing. That's the toughest thing you can ever do. Is Hamlet. Uh, and it's not it's not a question of ever getting that right because it's impossible because yeah. you kind of realize that you're dealing with Shakespeare's mind and it's too big <laughs> you can't cope with it you know so you just do the best you can <laughs>Another fascinating chat there, courtesy of Karen, who does loads of great work for Big Finish during our uh, studio days. Brilliant. Thank you, Karen. And talking of great work as well, it's now time for Ran to be pulled into service. Come on! Yes, the Randomized Selectron is about to randomly select a release from the Big Finish archives for us to chat about. That's right. So, cue that epic music. <laughs> So Rand's pulled out a relevant one, believe it oh, or not. And, really um, again? Really this again. But interestingly enough, it, no, I'm not. And Nick can confirm this because I triggered it early this week. I triggered it before we started the podcast and I nearly told Nick what it was um, just in case he wanted to think up anything. But no, the, the actual uh, release uh, today is The Horror of Glam Rock, which you mentioned only a moment ago. Wow. 
Wow. And I promise, I promise you that Rand pulled it up. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. The God honest truth. So there we well, have it. Well, here's the trailer. In the next episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> wind up here in the middle of the night, Trisha. If you sit in there long enough, you'll get to see all the stars there are. Best sausage and chips you'll ever get. It just looks like a grassy old motorway services. Oh, crimes. I was trying for your time. This is as close as I could get, as close as I'm allowed to get. Somewhere deep inside, Trisha, yeah, yeah, so heaven. I've seen it all, believe you me. Most of them who stop here, they just want egg and chips. I could be a machine for all they care. It's right outside. Do you think it can smell us? Oh, my windows! Most of those creatures are coming in! You do this a lot, don't you? Hmm? Danger like this. It's one thing after another with you, isn't it? I don't go looking for trouble. But it finds you, somehow, every time. That's true enough. Horror of Glam Rock. Cool release, this one. For me, the standout of this release is the cool theme tune. It's, it's all yeah. slightly jazzed yeah, up. Who did yeah, the music? Was, yeah. it, was it Jamie, by chance? No, no, Jamie wasn't with us then. Oh, I'll it's the ERS. Uh, was it? Apparently, it says on there. Oh, well, it wasn't. Well, it was. They did the um, incidental Tim Sutton, music. who did the Tim theme, Su- didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, where does it say that? Uh, on the TARDIS wiki page for it. Yeah, it's Tim Sutton. I don't think he did the incidental music, though, so that's why ERS are down there. That's Andy Hardwick and um, Gareth Jenkins. Yeah, I have to remember him because he had the same name as the boy who appeared on uh, Jim Will Fix It with, in an item with... Uh, <laughs> Janet Fielding. Anyway, <laughs> skirting over that. It's a fantastic story, this, from Paul Mars. It's got all the uh, you know great quality of his writing in it. And um, I believe he did... I think it was called... Originally, it was called Crazy Cosmic Jive, which is a, it was a Bowie title, isn't it? Hazen, yes, very... Yeah, I think... it's not. I don't know if it's a title, but it's... It's just a line from... Yeah. yeah. And it's set in the same... And I said, could we come up with a, a different title? And he immediately came back with Horror of Glam Rock. So which perfect. Fu- which, funnily enough, David Richardson wasn't part of Big Finish then. And this title was a pet hate of his. He really hated it. He, <laughs> I think he reviewed this for Starburst and said, you know, I really find that the, the title is awful. And he, he didn't like it at all. I think to this day he hates the title. But I love it. Uh, and... Um, it's you know we were so privileged to to work with Bernard Cribbins in this as well, and and of course it's very sad to remember that Stephen Gately was in this, who's sadly no longer with us. Died at a very very early age, you know, very famous pop singer. He was part of Boyzone. That's right, yeah, yeah, and it was such a lovely chap, great fun, a very naughty sense of humour, lovely time around, and he sang a song for us. Um, you know, which uh, which wasn't in the script, but Barnaby Edwards wrote it, and Tim Sutton did it, and and also Tim Sutton did a 1970s glam rock version of so the Doctor cool. Who theme, and it is in fact t- Tim Sutton going yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Another yes, one uh, person so, for this as well, uh, Una Stubbs. Yeah. Aunt Sally well, herself. But that's right. I mean, uh, Una Stubbs, Stubbs was... Um, she was uh, we wanted to work with her anyway it was barnaby edwards who did all the casting for this series did a fantastic job uh, it was the beginning of the great casting at big finish barney taught us a lot about that actually he's really talented in many things but particularly in this direction as well and it, um basically he wanted to get a bernard cribbins and uh, he found out that bernard cribbins would accept any job if Una Stubbs was working <laughs> in it. So uh, I, th- I think it was by accident. I don't think he actually got Una Stubbs just to get Bernard. But when, when he was able to say to Bernard's agent, Una Stubbs is in it, they said, he's absolutely, he'll be there. <laughs> Doesn't matter what. Um, and he, um, he confirmed that when he arrived as well. He also, he, I think he was one of the first people to say that the lunch is better than the script. <laughs> 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 he really loved the script. I did a great little interview with him. Uh, in which he, um, which was very difficult to edit into the uh, production because um, he kept playing the guitar during it. Because <laughs> you know how at the moment there are guitars. Yes. Yeah. Hello, good evening. My name is Oscar Hammerstein, and this is one of my latest creations. The guitar is flat, so we won't bother. <laughs> Could you be careful not to play anything copyright while you're. Uh... I won't. <laughs> So how did this uh, job come about for you? I've no idea. I just opened the newspaper, I saw it advertised, and uh, I thought I could do that. And I heard the lunches were very good as well. Indeed, so that's why I am here. <laughs> did the lunch turn out? Uh, the lunch was, was extremely good. I think the lunch is better than the play, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. No. No, I'm enjoying it enormously. It's... Uh, it's nice to see a few people I hadn't seen for a while, like you, and, and uh, I hadn't worked with Paul before, and it's all trotting along very well. Did you see the script beforehand, uh, before no, you agreed? Uh, uh, oh, indeed, yes. It, yes, it was sent down to me. I looked at it and said yes immediately. Yeah, no, it's good. Good script. And that was without having the lunch described? That was, no lunch was mentioned at that time, <laughs> which, is, which is quite extraordinary, really. I mean, oh. I accepted the job on the, on the, purely on the script, yeah. and the lunch is a lovely bonus. And this guitar they've given me is quite nice. Yes. Have you, you haven't got it tuned yet? No, not no. quite, no, but no. it doesn't matter. I sing out of tune anyway, so it probably balances quite nicely. <laughs> he was delightful. Um, he just... Uh, oh, it was brilliant. And Claire Buckfield, of course, who'd been in so many big Finnish productions, and she was brilliant in that. Lindsay Hardwick playing Auntie Pat, and Katerina Olsen, who was playing the headhunter. Uh, she also doubled up playing the only ones, the aliens. But the headhunter was this, was this continuing character who was, I think, in the first two series of the Eighth Doctor and Lucy adventures. And Katarina's a tremendously versatile actor who did so much for us. Brilliant voice and very, very, mm. uh, very funny person. Really lovely. Um, yeah, this was, as I've mentioned before, this was my first big producing job for Big Finish. I produced Dalek Empire before, but before Gary Russell left, the first thing I took on was the producing of this Eighth Doctor and Lucy series. And it was during my starting to work on this that it became apparent that Gary was leaving altogether. And so I, you know, expanded my role to be executive producer of, uh, of well, ultimately, of all Big Finish releases. Uh, so this was... Um, you know, not that it's a glo- not a glorious time at the moment, but uh, it, it was. It, I remember this with great fondness with um, 
and we had to work very very fast to get it done and one of the uh, in inverted commas interesting facts is this is when I encouraged because uh, Andy Hardwick and, and Gareth Jenkins were concerned they wouldn't be able to get all the post-production done in time so I encouraged them to start doing the post-production but record the dialogue themselves with their voices and I said and when we you get the studio session stuff put that in and there'll just be a little bit of shifting around so there is a version I played it I think in the very first Big Finish podcast <laughs> years ago there's a version of some of the scenes with th those two guys in it How being fab. excellent <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible but they knew it it was just there for timing but it was good yeah. tip though good tip well it can be done sometimes i know when i've suggested it to people their eyebrows rise so high they almost depart from their heads <laughs> anyway, yeah great story um I, really really proud of this season and beautifully directed by barnaby edwards as well so there you have it the horror or horror of glam rock um I love glam rock music anyway, so it was a no-brainer that this story was going to get listened to. So uh, do enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Ran, for quite positively just, just being amazing, just somehow knowing what needs to be said. Yes, you already knew this was coming up, but I, did. I didn't. I already I knew didn't this was coming up. And happened to mention this story. This It's getting spooky, to be Ran quite frank. Ran does have an ability to, to do this, and I don't know what it is, but it but it works. So the whole universe is Ran. I sometimes wonder, are we all part of Rand's inner workings? Perhaps this is yes. everything we know is Ran. Yeah. Perhaps we should start worshipping Ran. We are but Ran's ooh, minions. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The Exelons are back. <laughs> Exterminate! He is to be sacrificed. Um, it sounds like that man from Monty Python. You know, Today... The, the Gumbies, yes. Pretty chrysanthemums. <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it. Cheers, Ran. You're a rocker. Uh, go off, have yourself a banana, and we'll see you next week. Uh, and so then, as the podcast teeters on the edge of oblivion, uh, it's just time for Nick to round up the latest releases with his lasso. Uh, out there now from bigfinish.com. At a girl up in the air, a first episode tease of this brand new Big Finish original drama is available for free. Free! Created by and starring Louise Jameson, it's the story of the women who delivered Britain's fighting planes for service back in World War II. David Selby? Selby? David Selby's! David Selby's. Also, David Sel oh, that's a random fact for you. David Selby stars in the Quentin Collins collection. In this special Dark Shadows release, horror and spookiness has never been so stylish. And talking of the supernatural, which I think I just was, uh, don't miss The Omega Factor Series 3, based on the 1970s thriller starring Louise Jameson and, in this version, our very own John Dorney. Hey. Tales from New Earth. Don't cheer too loudly for him. He doesn't deserve too much praise. No, he is actually blooming, thumping well, brilliant in that series. He's a fantastic writer as well. He's written some of it. You know, won awards, mate. Won awards. Won uh, awards, anyway. isn't he? Awards, awards. Tales from New Earth. Getting very confused. Uh, great stuff uh, from the Russell T. Davis era of Doctor Who. Unmissable. And don't forget that the fifth Doctor story serpent in the silver mask part one is available for free on the bigfinish.com website that's your lot goody goody gumdrops lots of freebies there for you to get in, involved with uh, so cheers for that nick as always delivering the goods better than a pizza boy 
or a pizza woman. Uh, so that's it. Uh, before we tingle your ear things with the first 15 minutes of the Omega Factor Series 3, it's just time to do the trailer for this podcast, I think, Nick. Released on the 18th of March, 2018, not 2017, a brand new Big Finish podcast. What's in it, Benji? Rock and roll this week, we talk Third Doctor Adventures, Serpent in the Silver Mask, and have a little look over the Big Finish Originals range. That's right, all exciting and all coming up. But Nick, who are we interviewing this week? Tim McInerney, yes, who's in Jeremiah Born in Time. Uh, Also, our drama tease is 15 minutes from the beginning of the Omega Factor Series 3, a fantastic story called Under Glass, I believe. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is called that, yeah. And as well as that, we have the usual helping of strange, wonderful banter, including cooking toboggans and caskets. Or I never cooked Ooh. a toboggan. <laughs> Cook your toboggans now. So there you have it. Yeah, Nick, rating for the podcast. For oh, trailer, well, I would say spliggity daggity doo. I don't know what that Good means. Good number. Good I've number. All sense. So now, the Omega Factor Series 3, the first 15 minutes of an episode entitled... Didn't bother with the D on the end of that word. Obviously, <laughs> obviously just fed up with writing at that point. <laughs> Under Glass by Roy Gill. You found us all right, Miss McTeel? Yes, no problem. No trouble parking. My neighbours are always fighting for spaces. Somehow, I never have a problem. Actually, I got the bus. Oh, Is that an environmental thing? More a student thing, really. Of course. You have a lovely home, Miss Kirkland. These new town apartments are shamelessly grand, but I've done my best to fill it. You've excellent taste. Such beautiful paintings. Photographs. Straight to the point, eh? Sorry, is that bad? I admire it. So, you want to see the Hill and Adamson? Very much. You'd better come through. It's on the study table. The bulb in the magic lantern's gone. You'll have to use the magnifier. Take all the time you need. It's in excellent condition. You're certain it's theirs? You're the expert, Miss McTeel. I haven't even finished my degree. Not yet, but I'm told you have the eye. Well, the use of light is characteristic. But their work is associated with callotypes, with silver chloride paper, whereas this image is... Captured on glass. Yes, white collodion. Subject is unexpected too. Not their usual studies. A touch macabre, perhaps. If it is by Helen Adamson, it would certainly shake up the official histories. Can I ask the provenance? Oh, it was found by a workman stashed in a chimney breast in Rock House. On Calton Hill? That was their studio. He had a box of odds and ends, mostly worthless. But I had a good eye too, Miss McTeel. I offered him £20 for the lot. He thought he got the better deal. When was that? Mm, 40 years back. That box was the start of something. I bought and sold, reinvested... Three months later, I bought my first property. That's quite a winning streak. I saw an opportunity and took it. Now it's time for someone else to do the same. You're certain you want to part with it? 
I'm not getting any younger. It needs a new owner. I have contacts at the museum who'd love to have it in their collection, assuming provenance is accepted. Of course, you may prefer to auction uh, No, Miss McTeal. You misunderstand. I want to sell the photograph to you. You're joking. Of course. Uh, I'm not. Well, then you have me confused with someone else. The amount of money this would fetch... I'd accept £20. Miss Kirkwood, please, don't make fun. Olivia, we're to be friends, aren't we? On second thoughts, let's make it 19. I couldn't. Not a penny more, I insist. I couldn't take advantage. Miss McTeal, do I appear senile? No, 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 not at all, but I... Look at my home, my possessions... There's nothing I lack. What about you? A gifted student, needing assistance... Miss Kirkland, what do you want? To pass my good fortune on. That's not so absurd, is it? I don't know. I I guess. Take another look. Tell me you aren't tempted. Claire? You're safe. You can stop. 
Look, the, the duvet monster's dead. You what? You were talking in your sleep, thrashing about. You, you kicked all the sheets off. I'm sorry. I, I get like that. It, It's nothing. Didn't look like nothing. No, maybe not. I'll tell you about it sometime. Not to that stage, are we? No, but we will be. Promise. <laughs> I have to power up to the next relationship level before I get to hear all your secrets. Not so much a power-up. Could be game over. <laughs> oh, why so serious? I don't know. Bad night? <laughs> well, it's your bed. You're the one who has to make it. Well, you could stick about. Give me a hand if you wanted. <laughs> Adam Dean, is that a proposal? Are you asking me to move in? I don't know. Maybe? That's a big question for someone who's just woken up. Well, think about it. I'm not going to be the girl upstairs forever. Things are changing. What's that supposed to mean? Just a feeling. You know, Adam, three years I lived in Edinburgh and every guy I met was attached or not into girls or just plain creepy. Oh, so I'm the first option that showed up. <laughs> Thanks. No, stupid. You're the handsome stranger I met on the stairs the night I lost my keys. You took me in, gave me half your dinner, listened to my problems. Then, when the locksmith said it was too late to come out, you climbed up the drain pipe and opened my door from the inside. Like some mad superhero. Oh, yeah, I like this story better. That's because it's a good story. Things are going well, Adam. I think my luck's turning at last. Where were you going? Getting up. Having a bath. I've got my big, exciting life to organise, remember? Oh, can't it wait? No, it can't. Are you going into work? Eventually. The department can look after itself. Well, before you go, could you do something? Anything! I found a big old spider in the kitchen last night. Can you deal with it? I don't like those things any more than you do. What do they need all those legs for? It's suspicious. I've done the hard part. I popped a pint glass over it. You just need to steal your nerves and let it out the window. You mean it's been stuck under there all night? Unless it lifted the glass and ran away, yes. What's the problem? Probably running in circles. Doesn't understand why it can't get out. Then go save it. Be a superhero for spiders too, Adam Dean. Strange scraping sounds always at night. Clearly rats. Next. Sudden cold and damp patches. Oh, nothing supernatural there. That's basically Edinburgh. Oh, it's nobody filtering these things. Morning. Woman, 54, claims she's visited by the spirit of her dead dog. Oh, really? <clears throat> we had a dog when I was a kid. Goldie. Haven't thought about her in years. Let me guess. Yellow lab? Black, actually. Oh. do know, but Mum indulged me. <laughs> Sweet as that story is, I feel I should point out you're late. I know, and I brought coffee and muffins. <laughs> from that place you like with the red curtains. Cherry muffins? Are there any others all? I suppose you're forgiven. Mm. What are you up to? Going through referrals. They've rather built up, and they're not very promising. Since Doyle increased Department 7's funding, I think he's been handing out our email address a little too freely. Bad, uh, Mr Doyle. You look tired, Adam. Uh, difficult night. Friend Morag paid a visit. <laughs> oh? 
What did she want? Would you believe it was a little on the cryptic side? What's been caught won't stay caught. What's been trapped won't stay trapped forever. (laughs) She seemed, I don't know, more forceful than usual. Demanding. Must be difficult. To exist in a state of coma, coupled with a degree of awareness of the world outside. Not surprising she might feel frustrated. I was thinking of checking in with the Calcar Institute, seeing how she is. They've got standing orders to notify me of any change in Morag's condition. But yes, good idea. We should take an active interest. I reckon so too. I'll make a call, arrange a visit. Actually, Adam, one thing before you go. Not work. But you could do me a favour. Name it. I'm on the local museum board. They've helped with research. I've been able to help them too. You know how it is. Live in one place long enough, you start to settle down. You're turning Scottish. There are worse fates. Anyway, they're opening a new gallery. I'd love a plus one for the launch. Would you mind? My best second-hand suit is at your disposal. When's the big night? (laughs) This Saturday at Rock House, up on Carlton Hill. According to the invite, it's devoted to the work of pioneering photographers Hill and Adamson. Shouldn't be too grim. Oh. You might even enjoy it. What's the matter? I'm double booked. I'm already going. Oh, really? Who with? Claire McTeal. I don't know her, do I? She's a student, but she's been working with the curatorial team as well. Helped source some new find. That's interesting, but I don't see the connection. She's also, uh, my girlfriend. Oh. Well, I'm pleased, Adam. You're due some happiness. You know how it is. Early days. It's only been since summer, really. Why? Earth, didn't you say? Didn't realise I needed permission. Oh, Adam, I, I didn't mean it like that. No, no, of course not. It's just... She's the first since Kira, you know? She likes to say I rescued her, but really... What? She knows exactly what she wants. She's so assured. At her age, I didn't have a clue. Lucky you're now so old and very wise. <laughs> Thanks, I thing. Anyway, no need to give me a full profile. No, I thought you'd be interested. Oh, I am. You can introduce us properly on Saturday. I'll look forward to that. Good evening. Thank you for braving the weather. It's wonderful to see so many of you. I'm John Gardner, the curator of this new gallery, devoted to the work of David Octavius Hill and Robert Adamson. You know, it really is a testament to Hill and Adamson's vision, to that pioneering combination of artist and engineer, that we're still enjoying their photographs of Edinburgh people and places more than 170 years on. A little later this evening, I'll have the pleasure of unveiling a new find, soon to be put on public display for the very first time. I think you'll agree it offers a surprising insight into their work. Until then, please have a glass of wine and explore the collection here at Rock House.
<laughs> You're soaking. <sighs> Had to walk up the hill. Mr. Buster Gallery was putting on. What happened? Morag came through. Suddenly. It was overwhelming. I, I couldn't face all those people staring at me. No, I understand. What did she say? Same as before. What's been trapped will never stay trapped? Yes, and then she added, so soon now, so very soon, the way opens. <sighs> Have you spoken to Claire? No, but I've seen her. She's the centre of attention. <laughs> She'll enjoy that. Listen, I, I'm going to find a towel to try and dry myself off. Good idea. Make yourself presentable. Do my best. I'm so pleased you made it. Mm. Ah. Mm. Are you enjoying the exhibition? Yes, very much. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Goodbye. Thanks for being here. And that was a seagull. Yeah, it's sitting on the shed just out here. Shoo! He wants to be a star, Nick. Don't deprive him. <laughs> Don't <laughs> deprive him, sir. Right, that's it. Pressing Coolio. stop. Magic.